Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, just like the man said, and you're listening to episode 212. I've got some news for you today before we go straight to our guest, and that is we've launched our Patreon campaign. What's Patreon, you ask? Well, I had a guest on just recently, and you heard them talk. It's where you're able to sponsor the creation of art on an ongoing basis. So we've set up a Patreon account for the podcast. You can find it at patreon.com slash Richard Bliss. You can pledge as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate more. Anything you can give will help make the show just that much better. Thanks for your support. Now, let's go talk to our guest. My guest today is someone who's been on the show a couple of times, who's sponsored the show a couple of times, and has been a great supporter of our program, and I have been thrilled to watch him be successful over the years as he's done one Kickstarter project after another, as it's just gotten bigger and bigger, and it's great to have him back. So my guest is Robert Burke. Robert, welcome back to the show. Hey, Richard. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, for those who are new to you, what was the very first Kickstarter project you did? Uh, my first project was called Cartoona. It was a family game. It was a cartoon creature building game. How much money did you raise with that one? Um, we raised a little over $16,000. And that was in, pretty – Back in the day. Back in the day. That was pretty darn good. Your last – we're not going to talk about any Kickstarter project. You, you don't have one out there right now, do you? I don't. I'm okay. working on one though. Yep. And, and your last one was? Was Draco Magi. And that one – how would you do with that one? It did good. It brought about $95,000. You realize that back in the day of Cartoona that if you had raised $95,000, right, we would have been falling off our chairs. Yeah, it would have been a big deal. Now it's just like, oh. Today, it's, yeah, it's everyday occurrence pretty much. It pretty much is. So what we're going to do though, you've been out on Kickstarter quite a bit. Um, you have an opinion about – because we're going to talk about a slight controversy specifically in the board game space. For those of you, my, uh, my audience, who are tired of listening to board gamers, I apologize. But this does apply to other aspects as well because what we have now is we have – tell you what. Why don't you set up the premise? What is it that we've got going on that's got everybody up in arms, pitchforks and torches and storming the castle? Well, this is an old kind of festering wound that just hasn't healed, and it's it's come out again recently because a project has just appeared on Kickstarter by Eagle Games um, called Through the Ages, A Story of Civilization. It is a board game by Vlada Shavalta. Awesome. And, okay. Yep. Board games do really well on Kickstarter. That's great. Yeah. But some people have a problem with this because this is a game that's been out for a while. It's been a very successful game. It is highly highly regarded among the critics and among board gamers and it's ranked number two on board game geek so out of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of games on board game geek that people rate this is they say this is the second best game in the world so you're saying that a great game that people love something that everybody universally agrees is awesome has been put on kickstarter and people are unhappy yeah, some people are unhappy because it, I don't quite under I do understand it on one hand. They think it goes against the spirit of Kickstarter because they believe Kickstarter should be for the little guy, people like me, you know, like an independent publisher whose games would not exist without Kickstarter. Um, but these bigger companies that have very successful games, they feel they should be able to stand on their own two feet. And I think more than that, they feel that. 
they might be taking away from the little game by being on Kickstarter. I personally don't think that's true, but I think that's part of the argument. So how in the world – all right. Okay. So help me be the – help – you got to – I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, and that is argue their case as emphatically as you can. What is it that they're saying, and does it have any merit? Well, I can tell you when I first saw – the first time this happened to me, it was back when Steve Jackson Games put Ogre on Kickstarter. Sure. And back then was like after I had done Cartoon and I was working on my next project and I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, uh, Kickstarter's over for me. I'm not going to be able to compete with you know, Steve Jackson Games. And they raised almost – I think it was a million dollars. Yeah, just shy – close, yeah. close enough. A million – basically yeah. just shy of a million dollars. And, and that was a big deal. So – as my first reaction was, oh, that that's not good for me. Because, no, hang on, let's stop. Your first yeah. reaction is that's not good for you because what's going through your head right then? Why is it? Was, why isn't it good? What do you mean it's I, bad I, for you? I guess some project creators have this 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 vision that Kickstarter is a limited pool of people, right? So that there's a limited amount of dollars out there of people who are going to give their money to fund a tabletop game on Kickstarter. Why? So if those funds are limited and the big guys come in, they feel that the little guys, like myself, will be squeezed out. Why would they believe that Kickstarter is limited? I don't know because I don't think it is. <laughs> well, we don't think it is. I, I, I think I might have an insight into that. I don't know if I know the answer, but if I'm guessing that most of these people who are screaming aren't new gamers. I'm guessing that most of them are probably – I'm going to call them old guard. Right. Been, been around forever. And yeah, think about it. You walk into a game store. Every person who walks into your game store, if you own a game store or if you're trying to sell a game in a game store, is they walk in and every game on that shelf is fighting for those very few dollars. Right. Right. The board game industry for the last 20, 30 years, don't count Magic the Gathering, don't count Cards Against Humanity, don't count you know, some of these outliers – but the board game history for the last 30 years has been a game of scarcity, a game of very little capital to operate from, a game of razor-thin margins, a, uh, excuse me, a game, an industry, a history of. So I got to believe that just like somebody who goes through a famine or some, you know, your grandparents that went through the Great Depression, they still save balls of string right in the closet. Right. 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 They, they still smooth out their aluminum foil and stack it because – it's a kind of it, – and I get that sense that's what's going on here is that – Yeah, they're grizzled and worn, right? They are they're yeah, entrenched. And, they, and they're entrenched that there is a limited number of gamers because they're looking around and they're seeing. There are a limited number of gamers and the few that there yeah. are are starting to die off. Yeah, and Richard, this is what drives me nuts and because a big part of the contingent that I think is anti – you know, big companies being on Kickstarter. And even there's a lot of people who are anti-Kickstarter, period, right? So a lot of this is coming from those retail stores, these friendly local game stores, and even distributors, right? Because what Kickstarter is doing, we're seeing this disruption in the market because Kickstarter is eliminating the need for those, right? So they have a problem with that. Uh, if people are buying all their games on Kickstarter – they don't need to go into the game store yeah, to find yeah, a game. Yeah, but – and I'm jumping up and down here. Good thing I have a standing desk and my microphone is not attached <laughs> because 
Really? So that, so kicks now board games are the number one funding category. Games and video games are the number one funding category on Kickstarter. Eighty million dollars. Fifty million of that was board games. Something like that. Okay. Maybe I'm off by five million. Okay. That means by that reasoning, there should have been a drain on sales of games throughout friendly local game stores around the country because money got sucked out of the pockets of potential gamers and got stuck on Kickstarter, right? We should say that, that would that would make sense, wouldn't it? It would. But you it call up. Yes. You call any board game store and they're like, "No, nah, no sales aren't down." Yeah, but I can't sell a single copy of this game because it was on Kickstarter and it had 400 backers. Really? Do you care? so do you carry Dungeon Roll? Because that had 10,000 backers. Yeah, we carry Dungeon Roll. Okay, why would you not carry a game with 400 backers, but you carry a game that had 10,000 backers? That just, uh, and Cards Against Humanity. Do you carry Cards Against Humanity? Oh, yeah, we can't keep it in the store because you know, they're now offering retail. Really? That game has sold millions of copies. So, right. yeah, I'm sorry. You've got me jumping up and down because it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And I, I'm not a retailer, so I'm not going to say that I know how they should run their business. But I would think a retailer should be selling games that are hot, right? Games that their customers are asking for, regardless of where that game came from. Okay, so we're, we're, before we go down this rabbit hole, um, I've had game owners on the store uh, on the show, and they do admit that hey, if they're asking for a game, they'll carry it. Right. But the, but it's that they're not getting asked. In this case. Because we can have a whole other discussion about that, and neither you nor I are qualified to have that discussion, but we can still have it. But sure. let's, let's go back to this big – because we're not talking about retail stores. We're talking about game manufacturers, big companies, and that's a really relative term. But big yes. companies are putting their product on Kickstarter, and it's not fair. Right. And are there other reasons why – so is it taking away the attention – because you talked about how when you saw Ogre that first time, it, it made you nervous. Is it that that we're worried that it's I – mean, I'm trying to figure out why they're upset, or is it just – I don't know. Maybe we I should just it, give I, up. I think, I think it is sour grapes. I think they're, they're, they're worried. They want to have the, – they, they think it's going to take away from them. But you know, when I thought about it, and I thought about this a lot, and I'm I'm very happy that these big companies have come onto Kickstarter, and the reason is, it makes me, it forces me, to do my best to make sure my products can compete with those products. You know, it's that old adage that competition is good, right? Competition is good for the consumer because it's going to drive the prices down for the consumer and it's going to increase the quality for the consumer. Sure. For, so from a consumer's point of view, I don't see how any consumer would not want to see bigger companies on Kickstarter because it means the little independent guys like me need to make sure my ducks are in a row and that my game is a solid game. Uh, okay, well, that, that, but that brings up a point. You now have to put in – you can't get away with Cartoona, and I don't mean that disparagingly, but your first project compared to your last project are worlds apart. Very different game. Well, they're different markets too, but yeah. they have to be – but the I mean, amount of effort you have to put in now to compete a lot more. to compete on Kickstarter as a small independent, you've got to invest. You can't just show up with an idea. No. 
you have to have great art. You have to have great graphic design. You have to have great gameplay. You have to have a great theme. You have to have all those things that make the, that have made those bigger companies successful. And that I think you're that, competing directly with them. And that's what they're saying. That's not fair. That's not right. Now yeah. this little guys, how much money? Roughly. We should be able to do it like we used to be able to do it. We should be able to print it out on our printer and put up a video and, you know, make $15,000 and make our game. Yeah, now you can't. Now, no. you, you, because people are going to look and say, no, that's, that, that, that sucks. Right. Why should I back you when there's a cool mini or not project and a project from Yellow and, a, you know, and all these other great projects? Why should I back you who've never done one before? Or, so. or, or from uh, some game company that just comes out with a card game about dragons. Who might that have been? <laughs> yes. Who would want to back that? Yeah. And how much I around how much you don't have to share the exact numbers, but art for your project, your last project. In the thousands? Five? Yes. Yes. Multiple thousands. Yes. I'll say it was over eight, but less than ten. <laughs> thousands. Yeah. And Right? And there is the gist of their argument. I don't have that kind of money. If I had that kind of money, I wouldn't need to go on Kickstarter. But you know what? That's You don't have to start with that kind of money, though. There's still projects that aren't putting that much money into their art that are being successful on Kickstarter, right? My first project, it was my own art. Cartoona was my own art, right? right? So so you start small and you grow and you reinvest that money like you would in any business, right? You have to be right. – you still have to be an entrepreneur. And that's a very different uh, attitude as well. Um, and that is in the olden days when you launched Cartoona – you pr- I'm going to take a guess here because it was like me. It was kind of like, this is it. This is my one shot, right? Do it once. Yeah, it was, yeah. Well, it was more like, wow, this will actually let me get the money to make it because I would never take that risk on my own. Yeah, but now think of your attitude, and that is, oh, my last game, the, the – I can never remember the name. Draco Magi. Draco Magi. You're not just like, oh, cool. Hey, how cool I got to get some money to make a game. No. It now, and you've been on the show, we've talked about this, it's almost institutionalized into your life now that, oh, you're just always working on the next Kickstarter project, that it's become, it's not a one shot and that it's over. It's now, it's it's a process. Yeah, and it's exciting because you get an idea for a game, and in the back of your head, you know you can make it a reality. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, and you can make, but but it's going to take... Effort and I and yes. I, and it's going to take some work and I have people come to me all the time for advice um, and and some of them are from the board game space but it's uh, interesting that most of the people who come to me for Kickstarter advice are outside the board game space and unfortunately I have to give them bad news I'm sorry but the hundred thousand dollars you're trying to raise for this particular project without any experience prior experience without any network without any fans you're probably not going to raise that kind of money. Why don't you go find a $5,000 project instead and launch that and then in six months launch your next one? Oh, well, That's great advice. That is really great advice and that's why your podcast is so successful. Well, I appreciate that, but they don't yeah. like that. They don't like that. They don't want that answer. They don't want to hear it. They want the $100,000 now. And, right. and then I have to say, okay, show me another project like yours that made $100,000 and they'll point to one. That one right there. Okay. How much were they asking for? Well, they were asking for twenty five. Yeah, they were asking for, well, they raised a hundred thousand. 
Yeah, they did. And we've had discussions about the false numbers and everything, but they were asking for 25. Right. So if you go in asking for a hundred, the Kickstarter is still not ready to go invest a hundred thousand dollars on an unknown first time project out of the gate. I don't know who you are and you just kind of throwing it out there. That's interesting because I thought the same thing when I first started looking at projects and I would be like, well, that project made $80,000. I should be able to do that. Yeah. Right? But then when you really research it, you find out, well, hey, that guy, you know, that game designer has a comics, you know, has a comic right. book that he's done too. And he's got, you know, 18,000 fans well, cool <laughs> on mini, his cool Facebook mi- page. You know what? Yeah. Cool many or not were the ones, right? Is that, oh, yeah, they came on the scene, Kickstarter, and made a million dollars, or you know, 600000 800000 two months later, 600000 two months later, 500000 two months later. They did it for a year, every two months. What people, well, now most people know, but if you went, cool mini or not, it's been around for 10 years. Yep. You know, they get a million visitors to their website. They just said an announcement, hey, we're going to come over to the Kickstarter campaign. And so all those fans. So other people are like, oh, we can do that. Well, yeah. And wouldn't you say that's true of any company that makes a million dollars on Kickstarter? They have a pretty substantial base before they launch that Kickstarter. And this will bring us full, full circle as we end, <laughs> and that is Ogre. Ogre. How did Steve Jackson raise a million dollars for Ogre? Because he was Steve Jackson. And because you and I and a whole bunch of old, old guys with some money had memories of playing that game when it was $2.95 and came in a zip, not even a Ziploc bag, a little baggie with uh, scotch tape. That's right. And we had to cut out our own little pieces and we remembered. That's right. And he had a network of 30 years. Even he was shocked. I had him on the show in the middle of their campaign and even they were still stunned that it wasn't sinking in. That what was going on. And I said, well, why, why are you on Kickstarter? Well, because we didn't have a pre-order system, so we just thought we'd use Kickstarter. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so he didn't realize how ingrained that was in the culture. What did he, he? he did, but what he didn't realize, because think about it. He's another, and I'm not, I don't want to put words or thoughts into him and his team, but right. it's still what we came back to, and that is history said that this industry is hard to extract capital out of it's hard to make money and so this kickstarter thing caught everybody off guard because no it's really easy to make money and so that mentality was still there now uh eagle games is saying hey we've got a game we'll just that's really popular we'll throw it up there because it's easy to make money and if it doesn't get backed Okay, no biggie. If it does get backed, all the fans who backed it are thrilled because they got to participate and do the Kickstarter campaign. So Now, here's a good question, Richard, because uh, to play devil's advocate again. We might have to do a second show because we're about out oh. of time. Oh, okay. But what, what's, what is your devil's advocate? So the devil's advocate here is that people are saying that, hey, they already printed this game. They already have the third edition. They're already selling it. They were already selling it, but they've taken it offline now while they do the Kickstarter. So they didn't need the Kickstarter to make the game. Therefore, it's really a pre-order system, and Kickstarter should is not a store by Kickstarter's own admission. So they should not be using it just as a pre-order system, but they should be using it to fund the creation of that thing. Great topic. Great topic for our next show. Yeah. You're going to come back. Sure. All right. You've been listening to funding the dream. My guest has been Robert Burke. Robert, what's the name of your company? 
Robert Burke Games. Robert Burke Games and Draco Magi. Did I get it right? Draco Magi. Was his latest right. Kickstarter campaign. He doesn't want to have one out there now, but we had a great discussion about is it okay for these big companies to be on Kickstarter? I want to say thank you to Robert for being my guest. Hopefully you've heard something controversial, inspiring to cause you to jump up and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> and don't forget to visit patreon.com slash Richard Bliss to go and pledge for the podcast to keep it going and show your support. Thanks for listening. Take care. Take care.